1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. And Suns in the bonus. Durant with a pull-up. Well, those were the shots that were there last night and just yeah. would not go down at all. The playoff games are tougher. There's some Olympics in there and the guy never stopped. Another deuce for LeBron. Johnson in the first half, one of four from the floor. He had four points. Opportunity for Love to have some fun. Well, we're going to see a little razzle-dazzle from Love on that one. Take the for sure two instead. Third and one, multiple tight ends. Connor sledgehammering in for the touchdown. Connor in the big return to the state of Pennsylvania where he was growing up and the school and city he played for in college and in the NFL respectively. A nine-yard touchdown run. Lawrence goes down. Ball came out, and Lawrence is grabbing at his leg. Well, this just makes you sick. Trevor Lawrence needing a lot of help to get off the field and get into the locker room to get looked at. He got it. But a flag flies at the end of the play, so we'll hold off. Bengals indicate that this is against the Jaguars, and if it is, this game is over. Unsportsmanlike conduct on the defense, leaping. Penalties decline, field goal is good. And this game is over. McCaffrey, left side, walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Byron Murphy came in as a blocker, and it's a touchdown. Thrown to Tavondre Sweat. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Tuesday, December 5th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. The NBA, do you like the in-season tournament? U of A hoops, is this team better than last season? Uh, the Cardinals, what do they most need to improve on? They've got uh, four games to go. The Jags, should they be considered real contenders? And I actually had this question written before Trevor Lawrence got hurt last night. Meanwhile, the football weekend passed. It is last call today for anything over the past week on or off the field, college or pro. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday in moments with the introduction of today's pipeline. 10:15. We'll have our weekly fantasy football update. Uh, with a lot of injuries, obviously, on Sunday and last night with Trevor Lawrence. We'll talk about uh, as many of those as we can with John uh, McKechnie of uh, RotoWire.com. 10:30 or so. It'll be interactive action at 602-260-1060. A little local roundup. That'll include a brief uh, Suns-Lakers preview 
Also, the bottom line from today's pipeline questions in that bottom of the hour segment. Then the final segment will be the national roundup. And also we'll get to uh, some, uh, you know, at least a little bit from last night's game, including the Trevor Lawrence injury situation. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. Now we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, are you in favor of the NBA in-season tournament? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Right now, 100% on no on KDUS1060.com. <laughs> okay. Man, I just thought I was the only person that wasn't paying attention. The Suns are part of the in-season tournament knockout round, uh, which uh, they play the Lakers tonight in Los Angeles. Today's Twitter poll question, is this season's U of A basketball team better than the 2023 edition? And once again, Corey has the early returns. Leading right now is yes, 75% of the vote there. No at 25% KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. The 7-0 and zero Wildcats are now atop the human polls for the first time since the 2013 season. First time at any time since the 2013 season. Tommy Lloyd's team last season for a quick reminder, a number two seed before they played in the NCAA tournament and they got knocked out in the first round by Princeton. Meanwhile, on the local front, or a little more on the local front, a little you know, north from Tucson on the uh, local front, uh, the Cardinals are finally on their bye week, coming off of the Sunday surprising to most, especially me, win at Pittsburgh. What do the 3-10 and ten Cardinals most need to improve the really most need to improve during the final four games of the regular season after they come back from the bye. You can have many answers to that question. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Jags uh, missed out last night. The Jags could have become the top seed in the AFC with a win, but instead they lost the game and also Trevor Lawrence to injury. Last I saw this morning, he was headed for an MRI on the high ankle sprain is what they called it last night. Uh, and I actually wrote this question before the Lawrence injury. Should the Jags, and I've kind of modified it here, with a Trevor, uh, healthy Trevor Lawrence, should the Jags be considered a legitimate contender? Meanwhile, the football week is over. The college football playoff was thrown into chaos after the championship weekend games. And NFL Week 13 was littered with multiple, multiple poorly played games, and it turned out to be I think the most of in, most injuries of any week this season, and unfortunately that was added last night with the Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk injuries to Jacksonville. Today is last call for anything to do with football over the last few days, including the NFL, the college football championship weekend. And if you have any final comments about the college football playoff committee decisions, today's the last day. I'm moving on after today as far as the college football playoff committee for this year. Also, in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous questions and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Oh! 
Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by our weekly fantasy football update. It is uh, many leagues. It's the next to last week of the, actually, the last week of the regular season before the playoffs start in most leagues next week. Lots of injury updates and uh, waiver wire additions are going to be made because of these injuries that we had on Sunday. And then last night, of course, we'll cover as much as humanly possible in one segment with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Once again, at the bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, we'll get to a little local roundup at the bottom of the hour uh, with the uh, uh, the pipeline questions answered and all kinds of stuff at that point. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA. Somebody transfer portal out of Penn State, apparently, because I'm watching the Big Ten Network, and they're showing Penn State football right now, and I don't know who it is. We'll figure that out, hopefully. Have you downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle X HD 2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The Monday night uh, football season has included many key injuries, unfortunately, this season, and it happened again last night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And, John, injuries, as I just mentioned, have dominated uh, yeah, really the 2023 NFL season, but more than any season I can recall, is this the worst fantasy season for injury-wise that you can remember, or maybe I'm just having a case of recency bias here? Well, to to, uh, to start things off, uh, loved coming back into to Steely Dan there, my, my number one artist on my Spotify wrapped. Uh, for 2023, Ooh. so so uh, that okay. that was that's always music to my ears, literally and figuratively. But um, beyond that, um, you know, it, it has obviously been been brutal this year. I mean, you you can take it all the way back to the first Monday night game with, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first series there, Nick Chubb having a, an awful injury. Uh, the following week on Monday night, uh, last night, very concerning. Uh, what happened with Trevor Lawrence? I I would. I would say that this is probably not so far out of line as, as far as what we're accustomed to, as far as uh, injuries are concerned. But, you know, for, from a fantasy lens, it, it's hard not to pay attention to, to all these key players going down across the league. I mean, even guys like, say, you're drafting a little bit later on, like your Kirk Cousins or your Daniel Joneses of the world, those guys being out for the season, I mean, it, it's been uh, a true uh, – uh, minefield as far as the quarterback position is concerned, real attrition type stuff. If you, especially if you're playing in two quarterback leagues, or if you're in best ball leagues, where you know you say you started uh, your quarterback position with with you know Joe Burrow and then backed him up with Aaron Rodgers, like your team is, yeah. is toast. You know, and and that that in theory would have been an awesome quarterback room to have. So it has been really tough out there, unfortunately, and. Um, you know, you, you can't expect that to, to necessarily correct itself either. Okay, so Trevor Lawrence unfortunately goes down. Last I saw, it was called a high ankle sprain, and he was headed for an MRI this morning. On the flip side of that game from last night, did Jake Browning show enough uh, that he's the top quarterback in the waiver wire this week? Yes, yeah, so I'll start with Trevor Lawrence. Um, that was 
a tough injury to see. It, it, it seemed like the worst part of it was um, step, getting stepped on by uh, uh, Walker Little, the offensive lineman. Uh, it looks like Trevor Lawrence, though, very adept uh, at the warrior pose in yoga, the way that he was able to <laughs> to uh, bend backwards without um, you know doing significant, significant damage to, to that ankle. Obviously, we'll still have to see uh, the, the results of, of the MRI pending, but it seems like he, he dodged uh, the fracture or, or the dreaded Achilles injury, but, you know, again, fingers crossed as far as that's concerned. But Browning, I mean, that was that was an unbelievable game. I, I, I think uh, I'm still skeptical as to whether uh, he's going to be able to, to keep that going uh, down the stretch run, but uh, he certainly showed a spark, and I think we can at least point to the fact that the Bengals do have a ton of weapons around him. Uh, you know, you have one of the best receivers in football in, in Jamar Chase. T. Higgins made, made a key grab. Uh, down the stretch, Joe Mixon looked very invigorated last night. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get to Chase Brown when we talk uh, running backs a little bit later. But I think Browning definitely registers uh, on the uh, on the waiver wire pickups if you're in two quarterback leagues, especially if uh, you you have some uh, you have Kyler Murray or if you have Sam Howell. Then then I think as a streaming option, uh, Browning definitely makes some sense going up against an Indianapolis defense that gave up a lot of points to Tennessee. So I, I think that you know that there's reason to believe that Browning can put it together a little bit uh, for for the stretch run. I mean, he did have 16 fantasy points against the Steelers, which is totally serviceable, especially with you know like we've been talking about all the injuries at the quarterback position this uh, this season. In fact, I do have Sam Howe, and I put in a waiver claim for Jake Browning. So uh, never thought I'd be you know hoping for Jake Browning when the week started, but you know, a lot of things happen. Uh, also, um, other than Browning, are there other quarterback options out there as far as waiver wire this week? It's uh, kind of a iffy situation, uh, you know, the last week of the regular season in many fantasy leagues. Right, exactly. So th- this is a really crucial time. Uh, you know, if you have Sam Howell, there, there's probably a decent chance that you're in decent position to, to make the po- postseason. Obviously, he hasn't shown up in Washington's win-loss record, but he's definitely been – a startable, uh, strong uh, caliber quarterback over the course of this season. So him being on by the last week of the regular season definitely throws a wrench in some things. Um, but beyond that, uh, we saw Derek Carr get injured uh, again uh, on Sunday. So if you want to roll the dice with Jameis Winston, again, we're, we're going to have to wait on the injury reports there, but we don't really have time to to, uh, to wait on that as far as our waiver claims are concerned. So if you, if you really do feel like, uh, you need something at the quarterback spot. Jameis obviously would be the guy to step in for the Saints if Carr is to miss additional time. And, and Joe Flacco wasn't amazing or anything, but, I mean, he definitely opened things up in the passing game for the Browns in a way that hasn't been there uh, basically since Deshaun Watson went out for, for the season. So uh, there, it seems like he at least has a little bit of something uh, left in, in his game. And, I mean, if Jake Browning is going to is gonna torch this Jaguars defense, why can't Flacco do it at home? So I, I think that he's someone that, that you can also uh, take a look at this week as the Browns get that to face the Jaguars. Okay, so as far as the Jags are concerned, let's assume that Lawrence is out at least for a little while. And Christian Kirk went down last night too. How's that alter the expectations for the rest of the Jags' fantasy options? And the same thing with uh, – we know Jameis is going to heave the ball down the field, whether it's caught by one of his guys or the opposing team. I don't know, but we at least know what we're getting from him as far as you know, he's going to throw it down the field. 
That, that's right. So he doesn't know if, if his guys are going to catch it or, or the other guys are, but that, that's fine. That, that is the Jameis Winston experience. He's been in the league for, you know, almost a decade at this point. So we, we, we know what we're signing up for if, if we have to take uh, a look at Jameis. But uh, as far as the Jaguars' injury fallout is concerned, you, you obviously have to figure that uh, they are going to go with a, a more run-heavy approach. Uh, with, with C.J. Beathard under center, I'm, I'm going to assume for at least this week, I, I wouldn't totally rule out the possibility of Lawrence being back uh, for Week 15 against Baltimore. But um, in, in this short stint, it's a tough matchup going on the road against the, this Browns defense that has been shaky on the road. But in, in Cleveland, they've been you know pretty lights out for, for the bulk of the season. So it's going to be tough sledding there for, for Jacksonville. You have to lower your expectations for, for guys like, uh, Calvin Ridley. We'll have to see what happened with, with Christian Kirk that, uh, as a guy that looks like it, something that was uh, pretty painful uh, for him that obviously knocked him out of the game on, on the first uh, completion there. Uh, and I, I figure Travis Etienne going to get a little bit more work. And um, I think you probably have to look at, at the depth options in that backfield as well. I thought Dearness Johnson did all right for himself uh, last, last week as well. And, and I think one of the big storylines uh, – Tell me if I'm jumping the gun here, but but Parker Washington uh, stepping in last night oh, in, in Christian Kirk's stead was, I mean, that was really impressive. Um, do, do we yeah. want to unpack that further now? I don't even know if I knew. I don't think I knew who Parker Washington was before last night. <laughs> well, he was a very good player at, at Penn State. Um, I, I would say if you're comparing like recent Penn State pr- uh, prospects, this isn't the most flattering one, uh, given the way that the season has gone for him. But I do think John Dotson was a better prospect coming out than Parker Washington. Yeah. But Parker Washington definitely held his own as Penn State's wide receiver one, uh, his final season in Happy Valley in, in 2022. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he fell in the draft as far as he did. And I was a little bit surprised also that uh, he really hasn't been able to crack the rotation at all as far as that receiving core goes. You know, Zay Jones has missed a decent amount of time this season and yet you know the the Jaguars still for for a while there felt the the need to put the the likes of Jamal Agnew uh, out there so I I think (laughs) at the very least Parker Washington is is on the radar if he's he's out there in your dynasty leagues I think he's definitely worth picking up I don't know if he's going to be able to recapture what he did last night that feels kind of like a a lightning in the bottle type of moment for him to catch all six of his targets for 61 yards in that crazy touchdown not expecting that going forward, especially if Christian Kirk doesn't miss too much additional time. But I think that he's at least on the on the waiver uh, wire radar for for this week. And, and then again, uh, rounding it out on Jacksonville, uh, do, I do think Dearness Johnson, if you need running back help, it is an interesting kind of hand. Not necessarily like your handcuffed Travis Etienne, um, but someone that that could uh, have a bit of a role now that uh, we don't expect the Jaguars to have Trevor Lawrence out there. Yeah, I do remember Washington now that you bring up the Penn State thing. I do recall that. Uh, John McKechnie from rotowire.com calling in the sports zone. Okay, so we you, you mentioned uh, the possibility of Johnson and also, you know, as, as a Joe Mixon owner, I was, you know, I don't want to see Chase Brown out there. Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, I'm a little concerned about that. But what other running backs are there uh, possibly on the waiver wire this week? Right. So uh, I, I will start with, with Chase Brown. Um, because, you know, he, he had been dinged up for a while. I think he might have had to go on injured reserve, hadn't been active yeah, he, uh, since week he six. Did. Okay, so so he had been dinged up, hadn't really done much on offense 
prior to last night had a season high of just one carry in, in two other games. And then, you know, I, I think it's pragmatic for, for the Bengals to uh, mix him in more, for, for lack of a better uh, word there. Um, because I think Mixon definitely still has some juice, but I think he needs to kind of be paced over the course of the game. And, and Chase Brown being uh, the, the rookie that he is, uh, you know, fresher legs, having missed some time, uh, you, you definitely have to like the way that he ran the ball last night. So I don't think he necessarily presents like a huge threat to Joe Mixon. I think Mixon still gets his. But I think the Bengals in general needed to have a, a stronger um, secondary like re- running back complement behind Mixon because if you're just trebucheting Joe Mixon into loaded boxes, like that, that's not good for anybody. But you, you get someone let, like a Chase Brown out there that, that's very athletic, um, was a total workhorse during his time at, at Illinois. Um, I'm interested, uh, especially in, in a week where, you know, maybe we do need some, some running back help off the waiver wire. I think Chase Brown definitely qualifies. All right. As far as you know, this is uh, the desperation stage of the running back thing. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson goes down. I can't imagine he's going to play anytime soon. So Zeke is actually on the waiver wire of a very deep league I'm in. So I put in a claim from him. I know it's the Patriots offense and it's Zeke in his older days. Is that just beyond desperation for me at this point? I think if nothing else, there's floor there, right? Because the, the Patriots are not going to be a team that, that uh, goes into a pass-happy approach. Uh, the defense is going to keep them in games, relatively speaking, to the point where they, they can't or they won't uh, abandon the run completely. And when you have either Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi out there, uh, the less is more as far as the, their attempts are concerned. So, so Zeke getting the 21 touches this past weekend – uh, definitely makes him a you know close to a priority add at the running back position for for this week and you know with Stevenson suffering that high ankle and and the nature of the position you got to figure that you might be done for the rest of the season or at least a, as far as uh, your playoff hopes are concerned you know you need to get to week 15 week 16 and so on and I don't expect Stevenson to be back before then so Zeke kind of has this backfield. Uh, for the for the next little bit, and therefore I think he, he's definitely worth an add if you if you need a running back. And, and Ty J Spears also um, kind of an up and down w- workload this year. He's been on the field a lot, but as far as what what his touches have looked like on a week to week basis, a little bit tougher. Uh, Derrick Henry isn't uh, in the concussion protocol, so that that is something to consider. Uh, he probably will take o- over his usual role uh, this coming week against Miami, and they get the extra day of rest with that game coming on Monday, but I think at the same time, uh, Tajay Spears is someone to, to keep an eye on um, a, as well. And I, I don't know if I'm, I would go too much deeper uh, into the into the running back pool for, for this week. It, it's mostly uh, Chase Brown, Zeke, and, and Tajay Spears for me. Talking with John McKechnie from rotowire.com, our weekly fantasy football update. All right, wide receivers, Tank Dell, one of our favorite players this season, unfortunately out for the season. Kirk goes down last night with the uh, with the injury. Amari Cooper concussed last week. So what wide receivers can we look to pick up this week to replace those guys or whoever, whoever else uh, we need to try to scramble and get some, get some points from? Yes, it, it, it's definitely tough to see Tank Dell go down. He's been one of the, the most fun stories uh, in the NFL this year on one of the most fun storied teams uh, generally. 
uh, in the league th- this year. So I, I hate to see that the season end early for, for Tank Dell, but, but I have no doubts that, that he'll be back. Um, but that obviously elevates guys like Noah Brown right off the jump. I think Robert Woods kind of qualifies as this sort of inconvenient truth for, for anyone that has any uh, lingering John Mechie optimism. I am going to keep a close eye on that, though, because Mechie did play a little bit uh, this past weekend, and Robert Woods, uh, he might be solid at, at what he does, but but what he does doesn't really mesh with with, um, with what the Texans really need. So Mechie played 21 snaps this past weekend, did draw three targets. So I think that that's not nothing. Obviously, he didn't do a ton with them, just the one catch for nine yards going up against the Jets this week. It's, it's a little bit tricky, but I, I'm going to keep an eye on his snap count. Um, so he's someone that I would either consider stashing if I have room on my bench uh, for, for this upcoming week and, and just leave him there, see what happens uh, before uh, potentially deploying him against Tennessee or just keep him on the, on the, on your radar for, for next week. But right now, as far as actionable advice for, from Houston, um, I, I think you would have to look at Noah Brown. And then beyond that, uh, when it comes to the Browns, uh, Elijah Moore, you know, his, his you know, storied connection with Joe Flacco, right? who could forget with, with uh, the New York Jets last year, uh, that obviously translated. Unforgettable. <laughs> <obviously> translated, <laughs> uh, right. I mean, just the, some of the, the most classic, you can hear the NFL films music as you watch those highlights, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, more I've, I've always thought is, is much better as a talent than, than what he's been kind of allowed to, to show in the NFL. He was so sick when he was at Ole Miss, um, just, you know, playing for the Jets the first two years of his career. He needed to get out of there. Now he's up to 85 targets uh, this season, and he's not having a great catch rate or a yards per target or anything like that, but it looked better this past week. I mean, getting the 12 targets, uh, turning those into 83 yards, that's definitely promising. And if if Amari Cooper's out, um, then he's, you know, going to be that primary weapon uh, in the Browns passing game that it, it suddenly looks a little bit more lively, oddly enough, with, with Joe Flacco back there. And then Cedric Tillman, different type of player, more of a boundary, big-bodied guy, but he was an impressive player during his time at Tennessee. There, there was a time going into his senior year at, at UT where he was considered the, the premier uh, wide receiver prospect and not Jalen Hyatt. He just kind of had an, an ankle injury that, that took uh, some of the luster off of his last season in Knoxville. But Cedric Tillman, I do think, is kind of talented actually, and he should have the, a starting role. So um, I, I would look at him a little bit deeper, maybe make him like a conditional uh, waiver wire pickup. And then uh, beyond that, uh, if guys like Odell Beckham are, are still out there in shallower leagues, I, I like him uh, for, for this week going up against the Rams. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily buying it when it comes to Jonathan Mingo. I just don't really want any part of that Panthers offense, period. Um, and Devontae mm-hmm. Parker, uh, starting to be a little bit busier, but I mean, again, you're attaching yourself to the Patriots offense and specifically the passing game. I don't know how much you want to do that. And then uh, finally, th- this again, probably more of a shallow league thing, but maybe someone has, had gotten frustrated enough with, with the way that Jamison Williams has been used since uh, coming off suspension to where he's out there. If he is, um, I think that he, he really could add like a, a pretty special element to this Detroit Lions offense as we head down the stretch run. Especially if they just hand it off to him and he doesn't have to like catch the ball in a pass. So that that was that was a good move by the Lions last week. All right, t- <laughs> tight true. ends here. Yeah, very <laughs> exactly. Uh, Evan Ingram finally caught a touchdown last night, but Lawrence then got hurt unfortunately. Any tight ends available this week? Uh, you know, for better or for worse, it's kind of the tight end landscape. 
No, exactly. It's uh, it's tough out there. We, we've known it's been tough out there, though, so it, it, that's just the, the cards that were dealt. I mean, if anyone uh, was pinched uh, on the waiver wire going into this past weekend, I think you can look at, at the Bills or the Ravens options, whether it's Dawson Knox or Isaiah Likely as potential guys that are coming off the bye um, with, with you know reasonably favorable matchups. Or I'm sorry, not Dawson Knox. I, I, he's still on injured reserve, so... Uh, never mind me there, but Isaiah Likely I do believe in, and, and I think that he's someone that probably was dropped in a bunch of spots last week just to, to make room because it was sort of a buy-mageddon out there with six teams being on buy. But uh, he clearly is, is the top tight end target. They're not going to bring Zach Ertz in, and he's clearly ahead of Charlie Kohler. So I do like Isaiah Likely out there as, as, potential, uh, as a potential option. Zach Ertz, if he is available out there, I think he's going to get picked up here soon. You might not be able to play him this week, but I do think that uh, he could fit in nicely with, with the right uh, offense. And uh, this guy kill, killed my best ball portfolio, but uh, it looks like he's, he's starting to get a little bit more involved in the offense, and that's Chig Okonkwo of the Titans gets to face off a, against the Dolphins this week. So, again, if you're real desperate, I think Chig needs to be on your radar as well. All right, John. Good stories as always. We appreciate it. Thanks much. And uh, we'll try to get some video of that uh, unforgettable uh, Moore and Flacco connection for the Jets. Yes, I, I expect the uh, the NFL films music and all that good stuff to be packaged <laughs> and, and ready to go for, for this segment next week. Thanks again. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll have to get our production guys on that. I'm sure that'll be first on their list. <laughs> so thank you. John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Always good talking to John. And, uh, yeah, I, I was going to ask him about more specifically before he got to more because, you know, we talked about Jameis. He heaves the ball down the field. So does Joe Flacco. He's an older version of heaving the ball down the field than Jameis Winston. So that worked out on Sunday, at least for a couple of plays, until Flacco heaved the ball down the field and pretty much lost the game for the Browns. Uh, next segment, phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, we got some time and room. We got to hustle up though. 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup and uh, a little bottom line from today's pipeline questions with the one hour radio extravaganza here today. Don't forget tomorrow we return with the full three hours of, uh, you know, morning, early afternoon broadcasting, uh, with this show from 10 to 11, this show being the sports zone with Bob Kemp. And then uh, be the extra point hosted by Kayla from uh, 11 to 1 o'clock right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7 in the edition of the local roundup. It is phone call time to the KDUS hotline 602-260-1060. If you want to jump aboard, we got room and time for you right now. All right, first up, uh, bottom line answers from today's pipeline questions. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question, are you in favor of the NBA in-season tournament? Uh, bottom line for me, personally, I have zero interest in the in-season tournament. And I've watched only, uh, in fact, I've watched none of it unless the Suns are playing. And the Suns are playing tonight in the in-season tournament game. So I'll be watching Suns and Lakers tonight from Los Angeles. 
Today's Twitter poll question is uh, this season's U of A basketball team better than the 2023 edition? Bottom line is they're clearly, or uh, the U of A clearly a better defensive team. That should mean a better NCAA tournament performance. Not for sure, but it should mean that. Also on the local front, what do the 3 and 10 Cardinals most need to improve? During the final four games of the regular season, the bottom line is the Cardinals need to improve in almost every area, quite frankly. But most likely, I think they need to determine what offensive linemen should be part of this team next season. Meanwhile, spaying the globe, should the Jags, with the healthy Trevor Lawrence, be considered legitimate contenders? Uh, the bottom line is I've not been – there hasn't been one second this season that I've actually thought that the Jags are a legitimate contender uh, obviously, you know, now C.J. Beathard's a starting quarterback. They might not even win the AFC South at this point. Also, right now, it is last call for any football from the last few days, including the NFL, the College Football Championship weekend. Any comments that you might have regarding the College Football Playoff Committee and the selections, the top four, who didn't make it, etc., this is it. I'm done with this topic after this segment. Also, in addition to all these uh, outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? So if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Quickly, I'm going to drive, uh, move through a couple items here. The Suns, one-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs tonight at Los Angeles against the Lakers. This is a quarterfinal game in the in-season tournament. Uh, the Suns on the season, 12-8, and eight, that's fifth in the Western Conference. The Lakers are 12-9, and nine, that's seventh in the Western Conference. This is their third meeting this season. The Lakers won 122 to 119 in the last matchup on November the 11th. Uh, the uh, just a couple other quick things on this uh, random uh, last 10 games. The Suns are eight and two. They've averaged 120 and a half points per game in those games. The Lakers are six and four in their last 10 games, averaging just a 111 111.9 points per game over that span. Also in today's local roundup, the 3-8 and eight Cardinals are on by this week. The Cardinals and Commanders are the last two teams in the NFL season to have a bye, and that's this week for them. Uh, perhaps the NFL uh, did not believe either team would be good, which, if true, was an accurate assessment, hence the reason that those teams are on by this week. Uh, back to basketball, the uh, ASU basketball team on Sunday. I didn't have time to get this in yesterday. After two consecutive years of losing to San Francisco, they beat the Dons in Tempe on Sunday, 72-61. to Frankie Collins has clearly become the best player on this team if he wasn't before the season started. 21 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocked shots in that game on Sunday. ASU plays tomorrow night at home against SMU. That's a 6-3 SMU team, so that might be a decent game. Meanwhile, the U of A ranked first in this week's human polls. We talked about them in the poll question just a moment ago. Uh, that means nothing that they're number one in the month of December in the human polls. The U of A number one for the first time since 2013. Uh, that's one of the several years that the U of A fell short uh, during the Sean Miller era and didn't make the Final Four. On Saturday, the U of A had a 35-30 halftime lead against Colgate. But then they dominated in the second half. Colgate's not a bad team, by the way. By the way, they've been in the major, uh, been in the NCAA tournament three straight years. 
Uh, but the U of A dominated the second half. They outscored Colgate 47-25 to in that game and ended up winning 82-55. to Up next for the U of A, which is now a 7-0 and team, uh, they're off until Saturday when they play at home against 6-2 and Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin coming off a victory over Marquette. That was a big, you know, it's a big time, obviously, state of Wisconsin championship game, so to speak, unofficially, or um, maybe even officially for all I know. Uh, but Wisconsin wins that game again. Wisconsin, I, I, I don't follow college basketball as closely as I will once we get past uh, the top of the, you know, the turn of the year. And then I'm pretty much a lot of, definitely into college basketball, hardcore. Uh, but I know Wisconsin had one really awful loss earlier this season, and I apologize because I don't know who it was against. But they did beat Marquette last Saturday, and now they play the U of A on Sat- this upcoming Saturday. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. Then it'll be followed by a longer-than-usual national roundup today. Got a few items I want to cover. We'll have a little more on the, uh, the Jags game from last night. And uh, we'll also get into uh, a few things uh, ripped from the headlines and from the wire, etc. in the next segment and time pending, maybe even a look ahead to NFL, uh, the NFL week ahead as far as some uh, you know, line updates uh, uh, and so forth as far as the latest line goes. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castellux HD 2 100.7. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks today. Also, our guest today, fantasy football discussion, body of injury talk, unfortunately, which has been the case more times than not this season with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Sound today, courtesy of 3TV, Bally, uh, Bally Sports Digital, uh, Bally Sports Detroit, my bad, uh, Pac-12 Network, also uh, – CBS, ESPN, and Fox. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, on from the football, the football scoreboard from last night. The Jags obviously lost more than a game. They lost Trevor Lawrence uh, to what was called a high ankle sprain. I haven't seen anything. uh, Just looked during the break. I still haven't seen new. He's supposed to go for an MRI today. On the other side, Jake Browning threw for 354 yards and a touchdown in his second start this after. He was a disaster in the previous game with two turnovers and hardly any passing yards against the Steelers. Uh, also, you know, Lawrence got injured last night late in that game. It didn't look good, but it apparently was uh, you know a high ankle sprain. That, uh, you know, as John mentioned in the uh, fantasy segment, doesn't seem like it was an Achilles situation. So we'll see what's up with Lawrence moving forward. Uh, also, one other thing about that game from last night uh, with the Bengals winning, uh, they had not won a Monday night football game. They had lost nine straight Monday night football games. Now, remember, they were so bad for so many years, they didn't play in very many Monday night football games. Uh, but uh, they did win last night, let alone win on the road last night on a Monday night football game. All right, Rip from the headlines and from the wire. 
kind of a comp- compilation of things here. Uh, let's start with uh, former ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels, number one in the betting odds to win the Heisman Trophy on Saturday. Uh, he was one of four finalists officially announced uh, by the Heisman folks on Monday that will be part of the ceremony in New York City this upcoming weekend. Uh, of course, he uh, actually at you know, two two quarterbacks from the Pac-12. So at one time, you know Daniels. Well, they weren't all together, were they? Because you know Daniels was gone before Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. showed up at Washington, or Oregon and Washington, respectively. But uh, you know, they to the two of the other finalists are Pac-12 quarterbacks, and the third, uh, uh, the fourth finalist, in addition to Daniels, Penix, and also Nix is a Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver from Ohio State. Caleb Williams, to the surprise of nobody, has opted out of USC's Holiday Bowl against Louisville. Uh, I know that Miami of Florida had a whole bunch of players that opted out in their bowl game also, which is, I think, in New York City against Rutgers. I'm sure the Miami, th- you know, Miami will be thrilled to play a game in December in New York City. Uh, and against Rutgers, which is you know 20 minutes away from you know Piscataway, New Jersey, uh, depending on traffic, probably never 20 minutes away, but it's like 20 minutes in location if nobody's on the highway and nobody going across the bridge and so forth. Meanwhile, Arch Manning is staying. Arch Manning staying at the University of Texas, even though Quinn Ewers apparently is returning next year. There was some speculation on Monday that Manning might go to Ohio State. Uh, school that he did visit when he was still in high school. So he at least uh, visited Ohio State back in the day, didn't attend Ohio State, and apparently will not attend Ohio State next year either. Uh, meanwhile, around the NFL, the Titans on Monday declared that Derrick Henry is not in concussion protocol. Uh, that's a uh, big switch from what the reports were on Sunday. However, the Titans, uh, you know, they did lose stud defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons, uh, to that game and the, the win against the Colts on Sunday uh, with a knee injury, and it's not expected that he's going to be back anytime soon. There's only four games left in the regular season. The Eagles will play the Cowboys this Sunday. Uh, you know, beat them uh, for at least one thing this week. They got Shaq Leonard. Uh, you know, he was an elite player, Shaq Leonard, with the Colts before he had multiple surgeries that reduced in his level of play sliding significantly. He was actually benched and eventually cut in Indianapolis. The Eagles, uh, if anybody watched that game on Sunday, they've got some uh, linebacker issues on the inside. So whether Shaq Leonard is good enough to help out with that, I think is debatable. Meanwhile, Jets coach Robert Sala disputed the report that bench quarterback Zach Wilson is reluctant to play again this season. There's the Aaron Rodgers stuff out there, but I think the Aaron Rodgers stuff has kind of vanished because the Jets just keep losing games. Why come back and risk injury, further injury, for a team that's not going to make the playoffs? Dallas Browns coach Kevin Stefanski would not comment on Monday about Joe Flacco remaining the starting quarterback ahead of Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Robinson missed that game against the Rams uh, with a concussion. Uh, Flacco had some good moments, as we mentioned earlier in the fantasy segment, and some not good moments towards the end of that game against the Rams and the loss to the Rams on Sunday. Baseball-wise, the Padres are expected to trade Juan Soto as early as this week during the winter meetings. Uh, the plan is we're going to talk some baseball tomorrow in the 10-15 segment. Corey, be sure to pay attention. We're going to talk baseball tomorrow at 10-15. Mr. Baseball, 
you know, Corey's Mr. Baseball. Uh, so there you go. You take notes on that uh, segment tomorrow, Corey. Uh, by the way, Soto is currently projected to make $32 million in salary arbitration in 2024. And uh, that's the biggest reason why the Padres are looking to move on. Apparently they have, uh, they're not going to sign no contract extension. Meanwhile, the Dodgers double play combination in 2024, according to Dave Roberts, is projected to be Mookie Betts at second base and Gavin Lux uh, at shortstop. Lux missed all of last season after he suffered a ACL injury last year uh, in spring training, or this year in spring training, the last season in spring training. And uh, meanwhile, the the Brewers are bringing back Wade Miley. Uh, as a starting pitcher, they may not have anybody else on their team that we recognize. Uh, but Wade Miley, of course, uh, started his career with the Diamondbacks. There had been some speculation here locally that uh, Miley might be a free agent target for the Diamondbacks. But instead, Miley re-signs with the Milwaukee Brewers. All right, that's it for today's Sports Um. Uh, we will return on Wednesday with a you know, live programming, uh, three hours of live programming, uh, beginning with the Sports Zone from... 10 to 11. That'll be followed by the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Once again, this has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on this Tuesday. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thank you very much for listening.